Hi, I'm Beck. And I'm Paul. And this is DVD Clutter. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> the Christmas edition. <laughs> Welcome to the final episode of DVD Clutter for the year. For 2019. We're packing it in. Yeah. Just for now. The last episode for this decade. Do, 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 do. Is it actually though? Does it, I guess that starts yeah. a new one, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. La, la. The 20s. And we're going to do a film that is probably the Christmas film of all the decades. Oh yeah. The favourite of... Many, many folk love actually. And this one is not mine and it's not yours. It's your wife's. Yes, this actual copy of the DVD is my wife's copy of Love oh, she Actually. Doesn't, she doesn't own the rights to the film. No, no oh. she doesn't. Well, it's the 10th anniversary edition. Oh, when was it actually released? So it was released all the way back in 2003. So this would mean 2013. Yep. It came out 2003. Yeah, it That's was. so long ago. Yeah. That's a shock, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's so long ago. Mm, I was in year six. I was in yeah ten. Great. Mm. Well, now that we've contextualised. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I guess I'll start off with I guess how it came into my life because we do have the DVD at home as a family DVD. Oh, okay. We didn't have the tenth anniversary edition. We just had the how boring normal edition. I don't want to hear about it then. <laughs> Love actually, I remember didn't see it in the cinema. A few of my friends did though because I remember them talking it's at the start of year seven them talking about how funny the bill nye character was yeah yeah it's you know, broadly funny yeah for um fun yeah yeah for teenagers i mean i guess if you're at that age watching this film i think you'd be grasping at straws to find something yeah to be entertained by it's not uh, really that's not the target market no but it very quickly came into christmas rotation yes. in our household watched it every christmas either normally before um carols on christmas eve oh yeah uh which i think lots of other people do we had once had a my a friend of mine from russia stay at our house um and he'd spent the previous christmas at another one of my mates and he was just he found it hilarious that they did the exact same thing really? they'd watch love actually have something to eat then watch carols oh. <laughs> so a big christmas one yeah we also had the soundtrack and we'd listen to it while we went and watched christmas lights you know yeah it's a great soundtrack yeah mm. when i i got married uh, my wife walked down the aisle to the Prime Minister's theme from this film. Oh. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. Didn't recognise it. You were there. <laughs> I know, but I don't know the Prime Minister's theme. Can you just hum a little? Yeah, I still don't know. No, you can stop now. Yeah, so it, it's been a constant in my life. My sister really loved it. She's watched all the special features and I think listened to the full audio commentary and wow. everything too. So she knows about it. Yeah. Cool. And how did she get a copy? How did Elizabeth yeah. get a copy? Uh, she bought it. Bought it. <laughs> um, she also watches it with her sisters around Christmas time. Oh, done nice. it in the past. Yep. Um, so... And you, you need you need a copy of Love Actually. Do you? I think so. Oh, I don't have one. Oh, yeah. Is that a spoiler alert? Maybe. We'll see how we go. 
So how, we, how are we going to do this, so Rebecca? So if you have not seen... Oh, so formal. Mm-hmm. If you have not seen Love Actually, essentially it is made up of several short stories kind of intertwined and they all kind of know it. One person knows each other. They're connected in some small way, like their kids go to the same school or... Yeah, they're brother and sister. They're yes, old friends. Exactly. They're at a wedding. Exactly. So they're these really short stories that are um, intercut throughout the film. And all about love, so different, all different types of love as well. So mm. mostly romantic love, though. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's one friendship love one, and one the about like siblings, siblings, siblings. Yeah, Laura Linney and her. Oh father. yeah, true. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking more of the father son. Oh yeah. As yeah. well, so they're, they're not siblings. Love. They're not siblings, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought because we love are... can be a many splendid thing. Love can be a many splendid thing. <laughs> All you need is love. Yeah. <laughs> Such a good film. <laughs> um, so, because there's so many stories, I thought we will not do a proper breakdown right at the start. Rather, I think we'll talk about each little storyline and then we'll kind of analyse or discuss our thoughts on that storyline before we move on to the next one. Yeah. What do you think? I think that's it. That all right. makes sense. And I have Wikipedia open in case we get lost mm. um, with all the different storylines. And on yeah. Wikipedia, there is a great story association diagram that maybe we'll put up on the Insta. Um, oh, yeah, that is too. How everyone connects. Thank you, whoever made that. And Thank you, Wikipedia. Made it commonly available. All right. So let's get into it. The film is by Richard Curtis, Curtis who you will have definitely seen one of his other films. Yeah, he, but mainly as a writer, this was the first film he directed. Right. But yeah, you would like have seen his film. and a Funeral. He ah! recently did Yesterday. Um, the, the Boat. The, oh. the Boat That Rocked. Um, is that what it's called? Yeah, his first film was The Tall Guy, which is a, a classic that I only came across this year. He's also, he'd like, he was involved in Blackadder and all that sort of British TV. Yes. Hang out with the, um, not the... Not the nine o'clock, not the five o'clock news, not the something o'clock news crew. Right. It's where Ron Atkinson started up and stuff. Oh, uh, yep, yeah. yep, yep. Oh, Notting Hill is the other one I was that's thinking it, of. That's it. That's that really <laughs> yes. big one. Notting Hill. Bridget Jones' Diary. Edge of Reason. Edge of Reason. <laughs> <laughs> Bridget Jones' Edge of Reason. Yeah. Mr. Bean's Holiday. Boat the Rocked. He did War Horse as well. Was he? He was a writer on War Horse. Oh, yeah. That was a terrible movie. The play's good. The play's amazing. Yeah, it's coming back to Melbourne. Is it actually? Mm. Oh, I'm not going to say Everyone it go and see it. Yeah. It is incredible. Mm. Cool. So, essentially, he likes doing a good old rom-com. That's it. He's the rom-com guy. Yeah. So, um, you know what you're getting into when you oh, yeah. see a Richard Curtis film. So, we'll start with... Let's start with the first scene that we are introduced to, which is Billy Mack and Joe. Oh. Feel it in my fingers. Which, like, it's already it's sort of like a meta reference because Richard Curtis was known predominantly for Four Weddings and a Funeral, which, you know, used that wet, wet, wet song. So it was, I think it was a bit of a piss take of himself, yeah. which I think's I didn't get that. Clever. But I'm glad you explained it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk through what's going on sure. with Billy Mac? So Billy Mac is an aging uh, rock star. Like, I imagine him as kind of being like a Rod Stewart kind yeah, of like style character. He's trying to do a comeback and he's releasing a ripoff of the this song, Love is All Around Us. What's it called? Yeah, Love yeah. is All Around, to make it into a Christmas 
version. So yeah. instead of saying love is all around, they replace love with Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. And obviously it's pretty bad. And he knows it's bad. So he is going around and trying to promote it. But he's being very like rock star about it and just being like, this is terrible song. I'm just doing it for the money. I need some publicity, but wouldn't it be great if I won, I topped the charts on Christmas, Mm. you know, an old codger like me who's seen the things and been around. Yeah. Not these young upstarts blue Blue. at the time. All right. (laughs) They did that song, right? I have no idea. I have no idea. Some boy band. I have no blue, but I can't, I could not put a song to the name. They did all rise. Right. And his love story relates to his manager who has been with him for a really long time, Joe. And he, you know, he ends up winning the Christmas. Number one. Winning, do you say winning? Yeah, he gets Christmas number one, which is a huge deal over in England. Right, is it? Yeah, I remember being there in Christmas one year and it was... A big thing. Yeah, like news reports being like, who's going to be number one? Oh my God, how weird. Yeah. Who cares? Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, who cares? And anyway, so he always like talks down to his manager and his manager's like trying to wrangle him in and all this stuff. Mm. But then he gets invited to a party with Elton John mm. and he's at the party and he's like realizes that actually Christmas is about being with your family and who's his family? His manager, Joe. Mm. So he goes to his manager's house and they have a nice little moment where he... You're the love of my life. Yeah, tells Joe that he's the love of his life in terms of friendships. Platonic love. Platonic love, love, yeah. And then they just hang out over Christmas together. Mm. Yeah. that's it. Great. That's his story. This is a nice story. Yeah. And I'm glad... Like, I feel Richard Curtis is so comfortable in the rom-com space that most of these do fall into a romantic sort of love. And I wish there was a bit more exploration Same. Different kinds of yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. It's think- nice. This was like a little bit of a breather, I think. Like yeah. a little bit of relief from the everything else being romantic love. And I think even... And we'll get to it later with these romantic love stories. There are some sadder ones, but he's yeah. too afraid to go... Delve into them. Really? And yeah. I think that kind of is to the detriment of this film. This story, though, lovely. Look, there's some problematic language by both yeah. of them. Yeah. Kind of part of his shtick is that he's... This like like sleazy, the, yeah, sleazy yeah. old guy. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything too bad with him, is there? There's that... I don't know. I felt that bit where he comes to his phone just flat and he's like, I love you. And he's like, oh, 10 minutes at Elton John's and you gay as a maypole. Sort of like... Oh, I missed, must have missed that yeah. one. How did I miss that? <laughs> and I was a bit like... Oh, um, yeah, God, it's funny. It's a gay man, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, or, but it also, I think it demonstrated love between men and how that, awkward it is. And that's it. And, yeah. and the, I guess some of the problems of masculinity of being able to express love. Yeah. So I, I think that you captured that very well. Yeah. Probably, again, didn't mean to really have this analysis of it. Yeah. But I think it did. Like, even yeah. the way that they sort of hug. They're like, oh, awkward. Yeah. And then. Right away, straight away going like, let's get drunk and watch porn. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, 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 you know. Do guys really watch porn together? Yeah. I don't know. It feels, it feels like it, that if anything's, in quotation marks, gay, watching something that's going to get you aroused together. together. Yeah. Feels like it would be, yeah, a solo activity. Yeah. You well, know, listeners, each, please tell each us. Each their own, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and look, the song's great. Uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's great because it's so shit. It's uh, so bad. Yeah. I need Santa beside me in everything I do. It's just <laughs> Is that one of the lines? Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. just no. Yeah. Just no. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, you know, Bill Nye is an amazing actor. Have I told you about um, when mum saw him at the cinema? He was filming something in Melbourne. No. 
No, mum didn't see him. Someone she was talking to saw him at the cinema. And this person talked to the usher afterwards and was like, you know, he was there. Because he was watching his own film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the usher was like, yeah, he's come every night to what? a session of his own film. Weird. Yeah. Apparently just sort of stands around the back. Weird. Why? I don't know. Maybe scoping opinion. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Just for some vox, vox pops on the side. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was a weird story. Yeah, that is weird. But anyway, story. I like him in lots of stuff he does. Yeah, same. And um, he, Richard Curtis often uses similar cast as well, and I think Bill Nye's in a couple of his other things. Mm. Well, this uses, like, I feel like the whole staple of British acting. I remember when it came out, I was disappointed that um, Clive Owen wasn't in it. Oh, I was yeah. Like, Why didn't he get, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been someone else in there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Bill, Billy Mac and Joe, and I guess that's a good place to start because his music through the radio waves reaches mm-hmm. all of our other characters. Yep. That's the only way that he's connected with the other characters. Do you want to do Juliet, Peter and Mark? Yeah, so uh, we are introduced to these folks, Juliet and Peter's wedding. Yes. They're getting married and the best man is Mark. Yep. Um, and there's a bit of a banter between Peter and Mark. Um, Peter's Chiltel Edgefor and Mark is Andrew Lincoln for those yep. playing at home. A bit of banter being like, no surprises. Not like the Bucks party. Yeah. Yeah. Some problematic language again, which we can talk about. Oh, they said Brazilian prostitutes turned out to be... And they turned out to be men. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hilarious. So there is a surprise at the wedding. There's a surprise band. It's good fun. Yeah. Um, Mark's Mark's always got his film camera out. You find out later that there's sort of a tension between Mark and Juliet. And I think Peter and Juliet both think that Mark hates her. Yeah. But their video broke. So she's like, hey, Mark, you're filming. Can I have it? He's like, oh, no, I think I've lost the tape. She turns up at his house and he's like, oh, I can't find it anywhere. And she's like, this one that's clearly marked. Julian, Yeah, wedding. Yeah. And she puts it in and it's all just like close-ups of her. Yeah. Um, so the whole wedding, he was essentially zooming in on her face. Yeah. And filming her. Yeah. And then he leaves his own house because he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You don't hear from that for a while until he rocks up on Christmas Eve, rings the doorbell, and it's the famous scene of pretend it's carolers. Yeah. And then he goes through and he's like, basically, I've always loved you. Yeah. Um, so he's got the big white cards up with the black writing yeah. on. Yeah. You know the scene. Yeah. You've Bob, seen it. Bob Dylan style. You've you know. seen it like done a million yeah. times somewhere else. Yeah. And he basically says, I'll always love you, but look, I can't because I want you to be happy. Yeah. Um, I need to move on. I'm going to respect your space. Yeah. And he runs away. Then she quickly runs out and gives him a... A big old smooch on the lips. Smooch. And then he goes off and says enough. Yes. Um, that's end. really their, their story. Yeah. This one is somewhat problematic, yes. I would say. Yeah. And the idea that it's deemed romantic that someone's kind of creeping on this yeah. woman and has been in love with her secretly for this he, whole time. He made that video and we all know what that video is for. The video was <laughs> fucking creepy as shit. Like, yeah. the... Like, I kind of, it's fine. I understand if you're in love with your best friend's fiance, like he hasn't made a move on her or whatever, which is nice. Like he's just, he's trying to deal with it in his own way. But actually filming someone, yeah, close-ups of someone just zooming in on her face the whole time. And you're, what, yeah, you're exactly right. What is he using that fucking video for? It's disgusting. It's just really, that bit is really creepy. That, Yeah. yeah. I do like, and this is where I sort of don't get, I'm not like, angry i'm not staying up at night worrying about richard curtis but this is the moment where i feel like he pulled punches 
and lent too much on his romantic comedy side yeah. with this big romantic gesture at the end. Yeah. Didn't need that because I think before that it was looking at a different kind of love, a problematic kind yeah, of love. Yeah, that's true. And if it sort of left it with him being like... Yeah, that's true. What have I done? What have I done? Yeah. And him just punching as he's the stuff on the way out and yeah. yelling. Yeah. I think that kind of... It's not a tie-up and neat bow ending, but yeah. it sort of demonstrates... It reminds me sort of of um, very much like a middle years high school sort of love you know that sort yeah. of like absolute obsession yes. with someone but not really having anything like you know there's not going to be a relationship yeah. there it's just like a obsession a lust or like a yeah and clearly this character mark hasn't grown out of that yeah. and it's, i think there's more to explore there but yeah it's not a and we've already got later on coming up with one ending that's not really happy so yeah. i think that big sort of bold gesture at the end changes it from something that was an interesting portrayal of a different kind of love and that you Tries know, to make it into love is not romantic. always good. Yeah. Love, is, love is an extreme emotion. Yeah. It's, you know, it's right up the end of that love scale. Scale. So yeah. it shows that it, it can be bad. Yeah. Um, but then you know he goes, but he's all right because you know now he's done the cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. And she runs out and gives him a smooch. Yeah. So even, she, she, even, it was actually it was romantic all along. Yeah. yeah. Even if you got rid of that smooch, I think it just sort of have him going off. And her just being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. Yeah. But she's, she had to forgive him and she had to kind of acknowledge that that was, in their mind, that was a romantic thing that he had kind of yeah. done. And part of his, I really disliked, because he says, you know, let me just say, because it's Christmas, without hope or agenda, that you will always be perfect to me, da 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 And I was like, without hope or agenda, then why are you fucking doing it? Like, if you don't have hope and you don't have... Like why I get I understand that you need to get that off your chest, but who's that for? Is that going to help you or is that going to help her? Mm. Like it's actually going to probably be really traumatic for her. And then does she tell that to her husband? Like you know he's asking her to keep a secret from her husband essentially. Like I was just yeah, it's it's just a bit. Ugh. Yeah, this story also dates the film I think more so than some other ones do because what's with Kira Knightley's denim hat? Oh my god, the fashion. <laughs> it's so good. Um, we, yes. I watched this with my wife and she was like, that hat. That hat. <laughs> like this, it was like peak 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, his boombox that he's yeah. playing the carols on. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So good. Um, so that's that one. Is Great. there anything else we need to talk about with that one? I don't think so. No, well, just, you know, the fact that both Andrew Lincoln and Chiwetel Ejiofor became... Because Kira Knightley was... Well, even at this stage, she wasn't even really a draw card. She's not in the opening... On this DVD, she's up the top in the, like, names. Yeah. But if you watch the opening credits for the movie, she's not one of the ah. titles listed. This was pre-Pirates of the yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, which I guess that was the one that kind of skyrocketed her. Yeah. So, look, none of these three actors were huge back yeah. then. But now they are, yeah. like, huge. Yeah. Which is cool. It is cool. Um, the next one is Jamie and Aurelia. Mm-hmm. So um, this is played by Colin Firth and Lucia Moniz. There you go. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Jamie, the beautiful Colin Firth, obviously so beautiful. love him from Pride and Prejudice. But anyway, he finds out that his wife has been, or wife, girlfriend, fiance. I don't know if it's specified. Yeah, it's not really. Yeah. They're, they're living together. They're living together. So they must be married. <laughs> As God intended. As God intended. So he's, he finds out that his um, girlfriend slash wife is cheating on him with his brother. Mm. So there's some awkward dialogue to try and get out the fact that the guy is his brother where he says stuff like, oh, I feel like we've been bad sons this season. Yeah. There's very like 
exposition. Very much dated in that scene too, because if you look at the TV that they're talking in front of, it's like one of those huge back TVs, <laughs> and they've got a whole stack of CDs next to it, you know. It's 2003. Oh, it's a thing of a past. Yeah. Um, so he finds out that his girlfriend's been cheating on him, so he decides to go and stay in a little cabin where he goes often in France and write a book, because he's a writer. Mm, a crime writer. A crime writer. And his house is being cleaned because, I didn't know this, but did you know you can't go on a holiday without having cleaner come every day? Mm. Well, because, did you see how many mugs he so had? So many mugs. He must be an absolute slob. We had the same conversation <laughs> watching it. We're like, why does he need to clean every day? And then she, every time she comes in to help, she has There's to pick like up like eight mugs, mugs <laughs> that he's gone through. Because he can't drink from a mug twice. No. And, yeah. Can he make himself a cup too? I don't know. So essentially she's like a made mm. slash like she's literally like bringing him cups of tea and biscuits and yeah looking after him because he's a hopeless male ah, ha, ha, ha. and then they can't speak the same language because she's portuguese and she can't speak any english and he can't speak any portuguese but somehow they kind of fall in love over that period of time but obviously it's time for him to go back to england and they say goodbye she gives him a little kiss goodbye and he's like oh maybe there's hope he goes and learns portuguese we don't see her doing this, but she goes and learns French. Uh, French. She goes and learns English. <laughs> What's the line that he has when he's learning? I have severe <laughs> tummy trouble. Yeah. I think it was the fish. <laughs> I think it was the prawn. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's very funny. That was funny. Yeah, there's like a nice little funny montage of all these people mm. learning different languages and saying random phrases. And then he, at Christmas, he like goes to his sister's house or goes to like family's house and then he's like oh actually i just realized i actually need to get on a plane and go to portugal and find aurelia yeah so he gets on a plane goes to portugal we hate uncle jamie exactly it's, it's this is my favorite line my, i actually wrote it um, down sister's fiance is called jamie so oh my god jamie. your kids are gonna <laughs> we, say we hate, we hate uncle, uncle jamie <laughs> i love uncle jamie when he turns up with yeah. all the presents <laughs> i hate uncle jamie when he leaves yeah, then he goes and asks for her hand in marriage, essentially. Like, he goes and yeah. asks her... Her dad. Excuse me. He goes and asks to marry her in his broken Portuguese, which is mm. sweet. And she, in her, in her broken English, says, yeah. yes, of course. And he's like, oh, my God, you learned English. And, he, and she's like, just in cases. You know, it's like the <laughs> nice little... Like, yeah. yeah. Which, like... That love story is also pretty fucked. <laughs> I know, right? This is the one, though, that I think because Colin Firth is amazing and you're like, of course, like anyone who's just sort Anyone's of around will fall, fall in love, love with him. <laughs> and like, it's super consensual because like, obviously it's Colin Firth, so you don't need to worry about... It is consensual. Yeah, well, it, 100%. No, yeah, 100% consensual, but you don't need to worry that like, you know, there was any sort of like... Coercion. Coercion or anything, because it's Colin Firth. So yeah. we all, we all fell in love with him. <laughs> yeah. And this is a perfect ending for anybody. Like, you know, of yeah, course, that's yeah. True. yeah. And I think if anyone except for Colin Firth had been in that role, yeah. you would have been like, this is easy. <laughs> it wasn't weird. To, to be honest, like, when I first watched this film, this wasn't weird to me. No. Me, but it sweeps you up in that, especially even the bit at the end where the whole town's walking in. Yeah, and you're it's just fun. like, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's so great. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, this is problematic. The weirdest thing, the, so there's a couple of weird things. Like, I. Yes, you can kind of have... I guess you could have, like, a crush on someone who you don't speak the same language for mm. with. And that's fine. Like, that bit, I don't... They can have, like, a little... Yeah, like, the, the chemistry could be there. They could... Whatever. But then marriage is a big it's step. It's a huge like, step. It's a big why, commitment, folks. Why are we jumping straight to marriage? Yeah. Like, just go, I'm here to ask you to date me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a risk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's a lot of jokes made about her... Larger sister. sister. Yeah. Which is weird because we'll we'll get to um 
another story in which they kind of actually draw attention to fat shaming in terms of like mm, that's bad it's yeah. a bad thing to do but then they do it in the next breath they're like making fun of this yeah sister of aurelia's for being fat and how you know how could she, anyone ever want to marry her because she's so mm. fat yeah i found that so weird it is weird yeah but I'm, maybe there's like maybe there's an acceptable level of fat for these for mm. hollywood oh yeah I mean, of course there is, but in that case of Natalie that we get to, like, yeah, she's not at all fat. She's not fat <laughs> at all. <She> is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. think she's a bit skinny? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, look, that Colin Firth story, weird that your boss that you were keeping all these cups, and there is that sort of like long shot of her in her underwear. That's oh yes, that is the super worst. Super male gazy. Oh, the whole yeah. There's a lot of male gaze shots actually. There's like just some random shots of boobs in the. Billy Max music video as well. Yeah, that one I can sort of it's write a bit up more to contextualized. Sort of yeah, of what selling what he a is. shitty song. Yeah, but this one was like she because she if you haven't seen I'm sure you've all seen the film but if you haven't <laughs> seen it she picks up this is also another frustrating bit about this storyline she picks up a mug and his manuscript goes flying off because he's working on a fucking typewriter. Yeah. Why? Um, and his manuscript goes flying off into the pond where he's yeah. like working. Like he's working on a little under a little canopy thing and whatever, and she she strips off and dives in to get the manuscript, which is just fucking annoying. Like, make just use a computer. Yeah, I know it's a bit silly. And again, also, I think like, it, it, it only gonna... works because Colin Firth is so good in that scene as well, <laughs> just because he's like all these sort of like, oh, now I've got to jump in and oh, it's all shit. And, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, he's know. awkward and yeah. Yeah, again. But also, if Colin I, Firth saves this story, I want to try this. We should just type up a story on a typewriter, put it in some water. Like, that's not going to survive. No, no. It's a bit ridiculous. Just give up now. Yeah. But yes, that shot, you're completely right. That shot of her getting undressed is really leery and mm. sexualized and yeah. very male gazy. Yeah, and it kind yeah. of implies that, you know, now that he's seen her in her underwear, he loves her. Like, you know, it's Yeah, like maybe. A, yeah. Yeah. Because there's there was no kind of tension before that. No. Yeah. She's also like half his age, mm. as are most of yes the women. As is the style at the time. Yeah, as was the, as was the fashion. Mm. That's that story. Yeah. Now I'll get on to the sad story. Yes. The sad one. You got Harry, who's Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, yeah. Uh, he works, he's the boss of like a... Well, actually, I'm just looking at Wikipedia right now. He's a, of a design agency. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, yeah, anyway, he's a boss <laughs> he's in the a workplace. Boss. He's a boss man. Uh, he's got a new secretary who is flirting with him a lot. Mia. Mia. I would say aggressively flirting. Yeah. Played by... Predatory. Heike Makastich. Mmm. Good. I probably completely... I'm sure you pronounce that perfectly. Yeah. So that's going on. He's married to Karen Emma Thompson. They've got two kids together. Yeah. Emma Thompson is just... She should have won an Oscar for this. She's, she is amazing. She is she's amazing in everything, everything she does. But yeah. this especially, like, yeah. is, she's got hard work to do in this. Yeah. From the, the comedy yeah. to this. Anyway. Yeah. He ends up having an affair with Mia. Does she have, does he well, have no, an affair? We, like, don't, we the, don't know if there's... No. There's nothing explicit showing that there's they have sex or they kiss or anything. But he... She's, like, really flirty, like, you know, opening her legs, mm. you know, suggestively and, like... I want you for Christmas. I want you for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Not so, even flirting. It's like just straight out there. Basically, he buys her a gold necklace. Karen, Emma Thompson, finds the gold necklace and is like, ooh, my husband bought me a gold yeah, necklace. Yeah, because they're like, you know, they've been together for a long time. Maybe the romance is a little bit dead. Yeah. 
she's like, oh my God, he's actually bought me something romantic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's she's just excellent. Like some of her lines, it just, whether she improved them or just her deliveries are so excellent. So when, when he is going to kind of sneakily buy this necklace, she's like, oh, looking around the jewelry, are you? And she's like, after 20 years of marriage, I know to expect a scarf. I do love scarves though. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, um, just brilliant. And she sort of picks up on that there's this flirting going on and just, again, that bedroom scene where she's like, Mare's attractive. And yeah. she's like, oh, I didn't notice. She's like, you did. You did, yeah. And just be careful. Like, yeah. you know, you, just the way she does that is just... It's like ex- a very restrained... Um, it feels so real. It feels very it feels real. so incredibly real. It does real. feel very real. And the scene where she finds... So she thinks she's getting this gold necklace and then she opens up the present on Christmas Eve. And it's a CD. And it's a CD. And yeah. she has to try and deal with the emotional impact of that with her kids there and her husband there. So she like excuses herself and goes to the bedroom and it's just like her trying to, yeah, I feel like it just, she just captures so well that, that idea or that betrayal that, well, yes, no, but the idea that you have to keep going with the real life things. So it's like on the one hand, she's just had this huge emotional blow, but on the other hand, she's got to get her kids to this Christmas concert. She's got her husband there who doesn't know what's going, like doesn't know that she's found out. Is it worth, like, can she just start this fire at the moment? She has to suppress her own. It's all about, like, her as a mother and as, like, the organiser of the household has to sacrifice her own emotions and her own feelings and her own what's happening for her at that time and just go push that down, push that down, and then take the kids to the concert and everything. And I think Emma Thompson captures that so well in that, like, logistics life-to-life day-to-day things taking over from what you're actually feeling she's gonna make a papache lobster yeah exactly she's gonna fucking make a lobster that lobster is amazing it is and that's i that's the the only thing that i dislike about her performance is that well i guess about her character is that it's too perfect that is too perfect that lobster costume like that is just amazing no one who's not a set designer could make that lobster costume by the way, everything to do with the nativity play in this movie crosses through all different stories is yes. fucking hilarious. Yep. It is yes, God, it by is. damn, it's the so funniest good. thing in the movie. It is so good. And anyway, we'll talk about them yeah. a little bit more. But the lobster was good. One of, Another great line was um, when the kids are like, Mum, Mum, I've been given a scene, I've been given a character for the nativity play. And she's like, oh, that's great. Who, you, who are you? And he, and the girl's like, I'm Lobster One. Yeah. And she's first like, lobster. what? I'm first, I'm first Lobster. And she's like, there was a lobster at the nativity? There's like, more than one lobster. And she's like, bro. duh. <laughs> the kid's just like, yeah, obviously. But anyway, just to finish off the story, Karen then confronts Harry at the end of the school play and basically yeah. says, look, I, I know. And he says he's been a classic fool and then she just has this like heart-wrenching speech just to you know no i've been a made a fool of and yeah made a fool of my life she's like yes you you are a fool but you've also made a fool of me and of everything i am and then and a fool it, of the life that i live she goes yeah. from that to again yeah just going straight over to the kids and being like yo you're wonderful yes. and like oh it's yep. just um, i think that's that's the most impressive bit of that performance is her trying to juggle the life that she leads at versus her internal environment and internal what's going on for her internally. She um, should have won. Like, yeah, she should have been nominated for an Oscar for this. She's just continually brilliant. Yeah. She's got some of the funniest lines and probably one of the only people that has real depth of emotion. I think so. Definitely. Yeah, I think there's a couple yeah. other ones that try and be... I, I remember being affected so much more by this storyline, mm-hmm. by the by the other storyline, the sad storyline that we'll talk about later. Yeah, sometimes on Christmas I've left the room just for this. You can't do it. Like, yeah. And also I always just have this 
hope beyond hope that she's going to open up that present and, and it's going to be, be the necklace. <laughs> or even when she comes to confront him at the end, he goes, well, what about, you know, and gives, yeah. gives the necklace to her. Just something just to make it nice. Yeah. But that part of what makes this story probably the best thing is because he didn't pull any punches on it. He actually went for... This is a, another angle you of can, love you that see, isn't going yeah. to be saved at the end of everyone being happy. Yes. Which I know that's the point of this movie. No one wanted every story to end with someone being yeah. incredibly sad. But. And we have we have the ending, the epilogue at the end, where um, we get to see them a month after Christmas, yeah. and we see Harry coming back from overseas at the airport, and Karen's there to pick him up, and they still have a strange relationship. You can tell by the way she interacts. Like she gives him a kiss, but it's still like a strained. Yeah. She's not like it's not like everything's been swept under the rug. No. There's obviously still complexities there. Yeah. And she's obviously decided to stay with him over that month. Whether or not that continues, we don't know, but she's obviously decided to stay with him over that month, which again talks about the complexities of a long term relationship and a marriage that's been going for that long and how different things can come in and out of that. Yeah. So yeah, that's probably one of the more interesting stories. More complex stories. Yeah. Yeah. And I... Yeah. And also, like, we've given a lot of praise to um, Emma Thompson, but also Alan Rickman plays his part very well here. And to see an actor who's normally quite a character actor play yeah. something that's sort it's of... very restrained. Yeah. yeah. Was... Yeah, he doesn't... He's not very proactive in any way. He's more of a pawn of, in this, yeah, like... you think of Snape or you think of Hans Gruber as yeah. Alan Rickman. He's, yeah. Well, I don't think of Snape, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never seen them. Yeah, I know. That's that one. Oh, did, yeah. oh, yeah. I just like with the character of Mia, the aggressive mm. secretary who's like coming on very predatory behavior towards him. Mm. Like, does that exist? I don't know. For women? I, I don't know. Like, I Probably feel that it does. Alan Rickman plays, plays it well that like he, he's clearly so, has no idea what to do. And yeah. he, he makes, he does stupid things. He's an idiot. Yeah. But you can see in him like that he's sort of, you can see that being scared yeah. of, I guess, this powerful yeah. woman. And- yeah. And I do, I appreciate that it didn't make her into, I mean, it did, like, she was dressed as the devil at certain points and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Why do you dress as a devil to a Christmas party? Um, red? Yeah. It's just not a Christmas thing. Well, no. Hence, I guess they did it for the, <laughs> yeah. for the story. But I think they, like, they didn't. They didn't totally blame her. Like, he comes across as the one who... He made the mistakes and he owns... Like you said, he kind of owns up to that at the end. And that's a good moment where he Mm. kind of... You can see the kind of... The shame that he's feeling on Alan Rickman's face. But also, if if the character of Mia was a male, like, you'd be fired for that shit. Mm. And she's... We'll get into this workplace, I don't think... It needs to have a couple of... HR. HR talks (laughs) on an appropriate conduct. Yes. We'll get to that. Yeah, it's full on. Mm. Her behaviour is really full on. I found that a bit confronting. Well, shall we move on to the next story? Let's do it. David and Natalie. So now we come to a little bit... This is where some of the the sections or the stories intertwine. So David, played by Hugh Grant, is the newly appointed Prime Minister of England. And he is also Karen, who is Emma Thompson's brother. So that's how those stories are interrelated. But we see them interact at a couple of moments, but not. it's kind of revealed yeah. a bit later yeah. on. So with David and Natalie, so Hugh Grant's character, David, he's just been appointed prime minister. He's like being introduced to his staff yep. as he's, he's at number 10 Downing Street, as he's like going down the line. He's meeting like all of these dowdy old 
people who are serving him and whatever, doing the housekeeping. And then he meets the beautiful, young, attractive Natalie, who immediately swears a lot. And then he's like, oh, fuck, I fucked it up. Oh, fuck, shit. And then in a very Very kind of charming... Oh, Chamming's probably the wrong word. Manic pixie dream girl kind of way. Yeah, you're right. There you go. (laughs) But that's fine. Whatever. And he obviously just gets a crush on her straight away. And then she's obviously, she's around serving tea and all that kind of stuff. And he's like trying to, he's like, David, you're the prime minister of England. Get it together. You you can't can't have schoolboy crushes. You can't have schoolboy crushes. Come on. He's also like twice her age. But Mm. anyway. (laughs) <laughs> Which is, attention's drawn to that too. <laughs> that, yeah, attention is drawn to that. But Hugh, again, Hugh Grant, he's very, yeah. he's just, he yeah. manages to get away with it. Yeah. He's youthful. He's youthful. And he has some extremely well-written dialogue. Yes. Eventually he... The American president comes. Yeah. Eventually the American president... Billy Bob Thornton. Played by... Excellent Billy casting. Billy Bob Thornton. It is excellent casting. Yeah. Comes and is like, you know, they're doing their thing. They're having all their political discussions. And then he and David... So Billy Bob Thornton, the US president's character, and David are like sitting down to their like evening drink and chat or whatever. And David's like, oh, I've got one more thing I need to talk to you about. And then as he's leaving the room... Natalie walks in with some tea and some biscuits. And then when David walks back into the room, it's clear that the US president has made some kind of move on, on Natalie. Natalie yeah. Who before, when they've like walked past, has he like made a comment about how she's an attractive piece of yeah. whatever. So, general grossness, yeah. Yeah, general like sleazy disgustingness. And then Natalie's like looks really awkward and shocked, a bit shell-shocked, and then quickly rushes out of the room. And David then decides this is the moment yeah. he's going to stand up to the United States. Yeah. Then we have this moment where before we had seen this previous scene where he was like, oh, I think, you know, we better not be too aggressive towards the United States. We still need them as an ally. I'm not going to take as harsh a stance, even though my previous, the previous government had been criticized for being like pushovers. Yeah. yeah pushovers. I don't want to take too, too strong a stance just yet. And his advisors are like, oh no, you've got to take a strong stance. Da, 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 da. So then after he sees that the president is a big sleazebag, he's like, nah, fuck it. it, I'm going to stand up to him. Yep. So in their final speech, he kind of says that, you know, although Britain is a small country, we are powerful and yeah. whatever, whatever. You know. And screw you, friends who friends who take advantage of you are no friends, no at, friends all. at all. Um, that kind of thing. Later on, oh, then he asks for Natalie to be moved because yeah. he's like, I can't let anything happen yeah. between us. I need to like maintain distance, yep. all that kind of stuff. So she gets moved to another area so he doesn't see her all the time. And then she sends him a Christmas card saying that she's sorry about what happened and it was a very confusing moment. Mm. And he was the president of the United States, like alluding to the power yeah. play that he had obviously kind of done. When really I love you. Well, not when really I'm it. yours. Yeah. Yeah. When she's like, bold move. Yeah. <laughs> You've met him like three times. Um, so this is, this movie is all about crushes becoming yeah. big love straight away. So Hugh Grant gets, the parliamentary brigade together. To they go, go they find go her. Doesn't find know where her. she lives. Knocks Hila- on a couple yeah. of doors. Yeah. Hilarious scenes. Of, yeah. Montage know. of like this lady, that whatever, these kids. Yeah. Him singing Christmas carols. Yeah. Then he eventually finds her and they are on their way to the Christmas concert. The, the, the nativity the school, play. The yeah. nativity play and the concert. So they all like pile into, he's like, oh, I'll give you a lift to the play, to the concert mm-hmm. so that I can talk to you in the car. And then it's the him, gets- it's him, it's Hugh Grant, and then this octopus child, yeah. and then Natalie as well. Yeah. And they have their, like, in their 
talk kind of over the top of the head of this child who's just kind of does a great this little oh, actor I know, right? oh my god just like sits there like bored as fuck <laughs> and then we're here we're here <laughs> and octopuses himself across the ground <laughs> that was the best i think that's probably the best scene in the movie and then obviously they are like all happy happy whatever they run, they like go and watch go behind the scenes and then they are kissing and the curtain, curtain comes, comes open. Everyone sees Everyone's the prime minister. Taking kissing. their photos on one of those wind up cameras. Yeah. 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 What a time. So they end up together. Yeah. The end. Yeah. A couple of things I want to say about this one. Yeah. Um, I think the sequence of the American president making a pass on Natalie is incredibly well shot. Yeah. If you just look at the way that the camera moves in that sort of tracks David as he goes out of the room and then into his office and then tracks back. It's just really clever cinematography. Yeah. It kind of is missing from the rest. I don't know if they had someone, <laughs> someone do a guest come in. spot in for that one, but it, it's really good. And yeah, and Billy Bob Thornton as the sleazy president just fucking yeah, nailed it. You can tell that he was probably in for maybe two days of shooting, so yeah. everything sort of all rushed together. Yeah. Yeah, but like... I was just reading that, that it was kind of inspired by a, an amalgamation between... Clinton? Yeah, Clinton <laughs> and Bush... Yeah. So, and I think that's perfect. I think mm. that he is the perfect. He kind of is like Bush esque in his looks with yeah. the hair and that kind of stuff. And then he's very the that the kind of sleaziness yeah. from Bill Clinton. Just is excellent. If everyone is cast perfectly in this yeah. one again. Yeah. Um, and I think it also captures that her. Like, what would you do if you were serving tea and then the, the president of the United States got up and just came towards you and he because he was obviously had approached her and had like. Just touched her cheek and was like yeah and she was kind of just standing there obviously very unsure of what to do and i think it captures that that confusion quite well that, and that abuse of power the abuse of power yeah this is also where they talk a little bit about or they kind of try and shed some light on fat shaming because mm. she's considered in quotation marks to be chubby she's yep. called chubs a she's, bunch of times yeah and it's just more so she got like a round face yeah really. she's a round face that's, that's yeah it. yeah and apparently she was dumped by her boyfriend because she had like thunder thighs or yeah. something. And so that I I like the fact that they were like, you know, trying to just be like, that's, you know, why why are we even talking about someone's weight like that? But at the same time, having that counter story where mm. they actually do make fun of a woman because she's overweight, yeah, it kind of negates whatever they were trying to do. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's. It's acceptable that she's got a round face because she's pretty, and mm. I don't know. She's actually and quite skinny. Quite skinny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that one. Did I have anything else to say about that one? Let me look. Uh, yeah, this is the classic dance sequence. Uh, of, yeah. You know, jump. For da, 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 yeah. You know, and that's good fun. Oh, yeah. He's got some great dance moves. He does. Like I like Hugh Grant. Me too. Yeah. I like yeah. him. He's a pleasure to look at on screen and he knows, like, he's he's not a actor. No. But he doesn't pretend to be no. either. He's like, I'm in this for the fun. He just does stuff. He's not embarrassed. Like, you can tell when he's dancing, he's not self-conscious about dancing no. like that. He's just like in it. I, he kind of, I kind of imagined him as one of my students being like, oh, yeah. just that hyperactive, yeah. like he would always want to be the center of attention. He'd just be like wanting to, you know, do things all the time. That's how I imagine what he would have been like as a teenager. And he does his thing, you know, you know, when you're going to do Hugh Grant oh, performance, it's yeah. yeah. going to be a Hugh Grant performance. Yeah. I like it. And that's fine. That's nice and predictable. Great. Yeah. Next story. Let's rock it through these. All right. Daniel, Sam and Joanna and Carol 
Uh, Daniel, played by Liam Neeson, has just lost his wife, tragically. We open, really, with the funeral. Yeah. And he's really worried about his son, Sam. He talks to his friend, Karen, Emma Thompson, about yep. it. Because uh, Sam's become really um, disengaged, and he's like, oh, maybe it's about his mum. Yep. Turns out, it's not really about his mum. Kind of, he feels bad it's not about his mum. It's yep. about this crush he's got on a girl named Joanna at school. Yeah. Um, and it's, it sort of show, follows Daniel trying... Because Daniel... He's the stepfather. Yeah, he's the stepfather. He doesn't know really how to connect with yeah. him. And it's about them building a relationship yeah. over, I guess, how are we going to win this girl yeah. sort of thing. It's like the his true love and, you know... Yeah. yeah. But also there's, you know, some moments where he's sort of like, sort of saying, you know, oh, you know, does true love, you know, exist? Like, you know, but have fun with it. And yeah. Plays on the cliches of the rom com genre, like the, the chase to the airport yeah. to yeah. finally tell her that he loves her, and so Sam decides to learn how to play drums to be in the school concert with Joanna because she's a singer. Yeah, learns to play the drums, plays at the school concert, but then she's going to go to America, so they do the chase to the airport. Yeah, he which gets is there. great fun. Yeah. Then um, another character played by Mr. Bean that we'll talk about later, Rufus, turns up yeah. at the pivotal right the right moment, moment to yeah. help out, and then yeah, look. They get to her at the airport and then she runs back. Joanna gives him a kiss on the cheek. It's yeah. all very cute. Yeah. It, you know, it's just incredibly cute, this yeah. story. Yeah. Um, I might as well talk about it now. You find out in the special features that there was a subplot within this about how Sam was actually also a gymnast. Oh. And at the end, the airport scene, like he had to do like all these flips and stuff. Oh, my God. But they took it out because it seemed a bit silly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm glad they took that yeah. out. Yeah. But, you know, that's a fun tidbit about yeah. This, um, Liam Neeson, great to see great. him in this yeah. character. Again, he also, you know, shows some depth. I think that connecting, when when someone sort of becomes a new family, th- that stress of a, a, making a connection, yeah. you can see it very much in him. And it, also, like, dealing with the loss of his wife is... Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a beautiful... This one's a beautiful story and another mm. favourite because... It's more about it's about the relationship between the father and or stepfather and the son and mm. how they are bonding together and that yeah you're right like he the Liam Neeson character is very cautious almost like he mm. doesn't know if he's going to do the right thing he doesn't know if he's going to screw it up he doesn't know you know if he's going to be a good dad and you know and will Sam accept him now that he's yeah. sort of all he's got like, yeah I did wonder this time around what happened to his actual dad yeah his biological is that dad. a divorce or is that like mm, another death yeah. yeah. I don't think I had much to say about this one. No, it's good. You know, Liam Neeson's got a few good lines in there. When Sam decides to become a musician, he's like, yeah, I'm sure Meatloaf got laid at least once. (laughs) Ringo married a Bond girl. And then just Sam's face of, what the hell are you talking talking about? about? (laughs) Yeah, Um, I liked... And what a cute little kid. Yeah, cute little kid. Oh, there was one moment I really liked. He did a great job. There's a great moment where Liam Neeson, Daniel, um, runs into another parent, a parent of another kid, a woman who he obviously is attracted to. And then there's this great little shot of the kids making eye contact and kind of rolling their eyes together at their parents, kind of flirting and feeling mm. awkward. And I just thought that was, he did such a really, a really good job on that little moment. Cause he really captures that kind of like, Oh, here we go. Aren't adults idiots. And like, the, yeah. Aren't and they silly? Look at them. They can't even get themselves together to have a conversation properly. That's it. And the, the joke there is that the, woman he runs into is played by Claudia Schiffer who earlier in the film uh, Daniel's character had been like my wife said that you know you need to go and marry Claudia go, yeah. Schiffer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so you know meta we love it so meta next one moving yep. on Sarah Carl and Michael so with this one, one this is a bit of a sad oh, one no. so oh, Laura Linney yeah. Yeah. plays Sarah and she works at 
the Alan Rickman's character's company. So yeah. her and Alan Rickman are friends. And when we're first yeah. introduced to this storyline, Alan Rickman pulls it into his office and he's like, when are you going to tell Carl from design that you love him? How long yeah. have you been in love with him? And she's like, oh, forever. Does Which you think everyone knows? Inappropriate to do in a workplace. Oh, my God. Don't, I was like, don't your, do boss, that. your boss can't do your that. Your boss can't do that. I think later you realize they're actually like good friends. I think but so. But at the start, you're like, yeah. Like, yeah, later on, you kind of know, you figure out that they've been yeah. friends for ages. Anyway, so she's like in love with this guy called Carl, who also works there. Um, been in love with him for many years, but has obviously made no move. And then she's like, do you think Carl knows? And Alan Rickman's character goes, yes. And then I'm like, well, why hasn't Carl done something about yeah. it either? Like, obviously he's not interested if he knows and he hasn't yeah. made a move. But anyway, whatever. So then they get to the Christmas party. He, he does actually come up and ask her to dance. They dance. They end up going home together. She's really excited. One of my favorite scenes that from when I watched it the first time from when I watched it as a kid is when she, she's like, just, just, need, just, need, just need one moment. Yeah. yeah. And then she goes like down to the, she goes around the corner and is like, ah, I know. And does a little Which, happy dance. I love that too. I think yeah. it's something we've all felt. Like, yeah. Well, I hope we've all felt. You yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah. When you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening, yeah. but you have to play it cool. Play it cool. Anyway, so they start to have sex and then she gets a call from, we've seen her get successive phone calls on her mobile as we're going through this storyline. And then she gets a call and we find out that... Mm. And it's hard watching it so many times, but originally, like, because she always answers it, hi, hi, babe, babe, or hey, darling. Yeah. Yeah, So you You think maybe it's a a partner, but then you find out that it's her brother who is in some form of hospital. It's not really specified, but he's in Mm. some form of facility where he's like under lock and key, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And she is kind of having to be available to him at all moments to talk him down if he gets anxious or whatever. So eventually she, we see her say, yes, I can talk. Yes, I can come over Mm. and basically kicks Carl out so that she can go and be with her brother. Yeah. And then that is kind of the end of that story, essentially. Like they don't really pick up their... Yeah. We see a little bit more of the brother later, like she spends Christmas with the brother. Yeah, and you know, they we see have her, a big hug. We see him try and attack her. Yeah. And have to be restrained because he's like, he's, he's having delusions. I think. Yeah. yeah, he's having delusions that, that people are spying on him and everything. But essentially the the love story between Carl and herself is over and they don't ever get back on track. So yeah. it is a sad one. This one always frustrated me though, because I feel like, I don't know if... Maybe Laura Linney didn't, I don't know, maybe the depth wasn't there for her character, for me. I just think you can't give up your life. And Carl for makes the like point, he's like, you know, Will answering the phone make him better. Yeah. Which, you know, sounds sort of harsh when you just put it like that, but it's, but it's, it's true. about balancing. Uh, but I think it, it captures that that familial love and that sort of like responsibility, the sense yeah. of responsibility. Lo- love as duty and love yeah. as, you know, it's my duty yeah. to. To look after this person, it is, it, it, yeah, and it's a reminder that, yeah, I think it shows a different side to love, that love is not always... Happy. Joyous. Sometimes yeah. it's... It's a struggle. It's, and it's not always, yeah, right and wrong. It's a bit of a grey area. I I just think this one, this one annoyed me because I feel like it could have been avoided. The the sad ending could have been avoided. And I don't know if, like, the yeah, emotion wasn't there. I think that's the, the point of it. I think the sad, the sad, like, you know, it's... It's not saying what she's done is the right choice. It's sort of saying like this wrong is choices the, can be made, yeah. you know? like Yeah, but that annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to have an issue. You seem to think that the right choice will always be made and otherwise people should be very much blamed for yes, it. Yes, I do. Yeah. No, that's called... Uh, that's rigid thinking, black and white thinking. Mm. And 
my psychologist would <laughs> would tell me not to think like that. So you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling me out. I think when I watched this for the first time as a younger person, I definitely didn't mm. understand the complexities of that. And I was just like, no, nah, dumb, move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's idiotic. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, the next one is all yours. Oh, this one's ridiculous. This one just reminds me of Tony Curtis in his TV writing days. It's this guy, Tony. Colin. Colin, yeah, sorry. Is played by Chris Marshall. Like, he's a dickhead. and He's disgusting. Yeah. And a lot of his lines at the start make him more awful than I think they were going for. Yeah. He's, he's very much... Oh, just give an overview of the thing first and then we'll... Yeah, so, like, yeah. Uh, and he's not having much luck with the ladies, so he decides to go to America, and he's like, over there, everyone will love me, and his mate Tony's like, no, you're stupid. But then he does go to America, and everyone, and everyone does, does love him. him. And, and all then, these, like, really um, traditionally, conventionally attractive women yeah. with, like, big boobs and blonde hair just throw, just, themselves, like, throw at themselves at him. Yeah. In a hilarious sort of way. And it, I always find this one funny, because I always think, like, he's going to be conned, like, you know, these women are only coming on to him, they're going to steal all his stuff. Or, yeah. And that's where I was... Th- but no, nah, it's just... Yeah. Nah, Everything worked out fine. Yeah. I do not find this funny at all. Uh, like, if you got, like, the stuff he says at the start when he's going around. So, he's delivering food to this company and he's like, a hot muffin for a hot muffin. Yeah. Nibble on my salty nuts. You know, like, shit like that. Yeah. It, it's gross. And I think you got rid of that. No, there's this, so much more that's wrong with it. I, I You it, have to get rid of the whole thing. It's this ridi- is the worst The one. ridiculousness of it, it's I just not, find it's, funny. Okay. Fine, it's ridiculous, yeah. but he's very much painted in a sympathetic light. And he does, he has this line, which just, this is the, the crux of the problem, okay. is he goes, oh, English girls are so stuck up, that's why they don't like me. And it excuses the behavior of him, it excuses his behavior, and says, oh yeah, it, it is the English women that, are, that hate him. And I know that his friend is like saying, no, you're just a dickhead. And I know all that. And I know it's ridiculous. But it, this is actually a problem when boys are so entitled to girl, to think yeah. that women should be in love with them. But I didn't, I didn't that they blame. That. I thought I saw him. I didn't paint that as sympathetic. I thought they painted him as an idiot. Like he's just then, an absolute. No. Absolutely clueless to how much of a dickhead he is. But then why does he come out on top? Like, why does... Because it's just ridiculous. Like, because he shouldn't. And that's oh, why it's so funny. There's no. no point at all why he should... Why this should work, his plan. It's just... But he's... It's, he, it's just it's, He's still painted as being, like... An idiot. An idiot. There's, but there's lo- no point okay, in his yes, story. I agree. Okay. He is an idiot, but he's a lovable idiot. He's not, like... You don't feel grossed out by him. You don't feel attacked. You do at the start. But you don't feel, like... If I was a woman in that situation with him, I would feel threatened... And I would feel like sleezed on, like I would feel dis- I would feel like I need to have a shower, like I'd just feel like ugh that someone had talked to me like that. And you don't get that vibe. You get like his friend is like, oh ha ha ha, you're an idiot, but you're a lovable idiot, and I'll still be your friend. And like I his think- friend needs to stop saying, no, it's because you're an idiot, and actually sit him down and be like, what you're doing is actually yeah, incredibly offensive. Is- <laughs> just cut that whole storyline. I'm not having a bar. I, I say cut the first bits with him. Um, and he's saying all that gross stuff because that is gross and that was poorly thought through and it falls into the same category of the oh we got so many sex workers last night and yeah um, they turned out to be men like yeah. it turns into that st- stupid sort of humor but to have this, this idiot guy come up with an idiotic plan yeah and for it to actually work i find hilarious 
It was the end. Yeah. The end part of it when he goes to America and the girls are like, "Oh, and we sleep naked because we can't afford pajamas." That stuff, of course. That bit is like so farcical that it's just ridiculous, yeah. and that's fun. But the way they set up his character at the start it doesn't. Yeah, it's not get rid of good those enough. scenes. Yeah. I just, I just think it's a systemic issue where men are made to believe that they are entitled to have the good opinion of women. And that is a problem. When boys see that, that is a problem because we are teaching them that they are entitled to have women as their playthings or whatever. It's your right to – women um, should find you attractive and if they don't, it's their problem. That's because they're bitches. That's because they're stuck up. That's because they're not funny. You know, they don't get that joke because they're not funny. You know, that kind of thing. And it's 100% perpetuating that same yeah, thing. But I still think you get rid of his scenes at the start. And you Maybe, keep, keep but the it, they didn't. It. So no, they didn't. Fuck them. You're right. So fuck the whole thing. <laughs> this movie is cancelled. <laughs> it's just so... That bit is just... just no. Yeah. I, won't, I won't have it. This is a stupid story. It is a stupid story, but it's not stupid stupid when it's... It's not stupid when you have lived your life with people like that getting away with shenanigans, in quotation marks, that are actually where women have to go, oh, actually, you're kind of being offensive and you're kind of making me feel shit, but ha ha ha, funny. Get rid of it. There is nothing in that story that is worthwhile keeping. Yeah. Okay. Rant over. Thank you for your time. I think it was important. Thank you. All right, well, let's get on to John and Judy. I can talk you through it. Yes, please, because my battery um, just went flat. Wait, I think I can try. Okay. Yeah. So John and Judy are stand-ins for films where they essentially they need someone to stand in to get the lighting right. So they have someone coming up, a lighting technician come up and like test whatever's happening and make sure the camera's in the right positions and the light's in the right positions. Are they? I always thought they were stand-ins for porno movies. I but thought are they just, for sex just like a normal I think movie. it is for yeah. a normal movie. I think as a kid, I thought it was for porn because. But surely porn so actors don't need stand ins to do They the just nudity. do it, yeah. yeah. I know. So, yeah, so that's what they do. And there's a lot of scenes where they have to get naked together and pretend to have sex. And it's awkward. And But they're like having these normal conversations about life. Just, yeah. oh, the traffic on something. So as he's like pretending to, you know be having sex with her from behind and yeah eventually he asks her out on a date and they go out on a date and it goes really well and a month later we see that they're engaged yeah that's essentially it isn't that's it? basically it yeah and this is falls into same case i think these last two stories are the ones that are, like they're barely stories yeah they're, they're just, very very small yeah, yeah and they're just there for the lols there's yeah. no real character development no this one the joke is they're having normal conversations while, while they're, they're pretending to have sex positions yeah, yeah. Very cute bit when they do go out for a drink and then she says, all I want for Christmas is you. And he like... And Martin Freeman jumps down the stairs. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, really does a little star jump. Yep. It's fun. It's a fun story. Um, it is a fun story. I don't have much to say about this one, except that is that a real thing that they do to get the lighting tested? They... Or are they body... They're not body doubles. They're, they're, they're body doubles. They're not body doubles. Yeah, that's it. They're, they're, 
they're professional stand-ins. They're the ones that you'd see their butt instead of a famous person's butt. But Martin Freeman does not have the same body as Brad Pitt, who he says he was a stand-in for. In I feel like he's talking up for that bit. Like, you know, very much like, oh, actually, I did um, some work. And, you know, he might have done some work for Brad Pitt, but, you know, it could have been like a forearm or something. I don't think it's a... <laughs> it's not a yeah. body shot. Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. That's how I've always read right. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes more um, sense. And I imagine you do need to get lighting in a nude scene as much as you do on a... Oh well, yeah, of course you yeah. do. Yeah, of course. I just thought I thought that they didn't want. I thought they were like, let's not waste the actors' time. We'll have these stand-ins. We'll get the lighting all set up. Then we'll get the actors in and we'll oh. shoot the actual scene. That could be it. And in any case, I just think like you know the whole point of this scene is the similar reading to the other one is yeah. that it's all farcical. Like they you know, and now you need to take your top off. Yeah. And now I'm going to poke this light meter. Right near your boobs. Now you need to massage your boobs with your hands. Yeah. 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 I think reading too much into if it's actually practical or not. Yeah. But I was, I'm interested in the practical side of it. Is that actually, does that actually happen? Anyone who makes films, let us know. Shall we move on? Yeah. Last but not least. We've got the character. So Rufus and everyone would know it from the the jewelry salesman scene where Alan Rickman's trying to discreetly buy this jewelry for his secretary. Yeah. And Ron Atkinson's Rufus gift wraps it and it goes to all extremes and yep. putting in like holly branches. Some lavender. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. Yep. He does that. And then he's also got a bit at the end where, okay. uh, so yeah, so Sam's trying to, um, the little kid get, get into the airport yeah. and Rufus walks up right at the right time and lumps the security guard with all these bags. He's looking for his boarding it's, pass yeah. and Sam manages to sneak through. So uh, originally in the script, as Richard Curtis wrote it, um, Rufus was going to be a Christmas angel that dropped into each of the stories. Oh, and- because I, I got that I got that feeling just from the two scenes that he is in. I wrote that he was like a, um, what did I say? He's uh, like a Pan from Midsummer, but Pan was a bit more cheeky. Pan was like making things happen like for all the characters. And yeah. I got that. He, I, fe- I felt that he was like a Christmas spirit or like a... Yeah, yeah, that's it. He's the spirit of Christmas, and yeah, he like um. So he, so they cut him from the other yeah, scenes, or like because obviously that was like the first draft of the script, and then things must have drastically changed. Yeah, would have been interesting to read that first draft, but yeah, it's you know he's got some classic scenes. Wrong guy. Oh, he does funny. so well. Yeah, yeah. it's it, yeah, he's just a, a pleasure to watch on screen. He's very funny and very exaggerated and over the top, and I love his style. Like the suit that he's wearing, especially when he comes to the airport, and he's just like got his like coat over the top of a of a jacket over the top of he's got like this cape thing, and then all of his little bits and pieces as he kind of tries to find this boarding pass. It's just very convenient for the story, and just oh, yeah. just very nice, very funny. Um, I don't have much to say about him. No, I, I think. think yeah. Look, good on you, Ryan Atkinson. He's a Love funny him. guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. And that's really all the characters yeah. in the film. Yeah, we get a nice little one month later where we see most of them again and they're all like happy in love or yeah. or like not. And it ties in with, so they're all at the airport and at the start you have Oh yeah, the Hugh start, Grant. the opening sequence is pretty important. No, yeah, yeah. Hugh Grant basically gives this speech and goes, whenever I'm sad, I think about the arrivals bay at Heathrow everyone there yeah see real love people yeah. just glad to see each other yeah and um, and as he's speaking we have a, um, a montage of people meeting their loved ones at the airport so you just have like families greeting families and you know lovers greeting lovers and whatever and it's it's lovely mm. it's a really nice scene i remember yeah. when we first watched it i think my mum really identified with that because she said she always used to get she's quite emotional and she always used to get teary oh. at the arrivals gate where she watches people yeah 
the book ending with that sort of thing, I think, really massages some of the rough edges of this film and sort of lets you sort of see it as just its purest message is that love is yes that love is a thing that's still around and you know it's it's important it's in our everyday lives and we Mm -hmm. should appreciate it is there anything else that we need to say just because there's a couple of things that i forgot to say oh the one thing in the emma thompson alan rickman storyline she's talking about two dolls which doll should i give to the kid the transvestite or the dominatrix yeah and that i think is dated i don't think you would use a line like that in, yeah oh yeah in today's 100%. so that was that yeah. was just a, a sign of the times i think yeah and then a couple other things was who says at christmas you tell the truth because they have this whole thing you know like oh it's christmas so i better tell you yeah is that an actual thing i don't know i think it's just like christmas is a time of of love, so you might as well, you know... Be honest yeah. as well. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I was just reading here. Apparently, Richard Curtis wasn't really super happy with the final edit of the film. Was no, sort of I, I've heard that he... The editing process he hated, and yeah. they wanted to get it out in time for Christmas, obviously. And that, so he's was really disappointed with the editing process. Yeah. So, so on the special features, because I also read a bit about a love story that they shot, but then they didn't include, which was oh, a really? lesbian love story. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's a love story between the... It was going to be the principal of the school. So that's how she mm. connected in. So the headmistress of the school where this, this concert is taking place. And she... You see her as like this really stern person. And then she goes home to her dying partner. And her partner has like cancer or some terminal illness and is past is like in the process of dying and that whole story they shot it and i think you can find it online they shot it but they didn't end up putting it in mm-hmm. yeah which i th- think by the from the brief reading i've done here it was yeah like i as much as i've given him crap for it being a bit too emotional that sounds like the the studio edit was the one that maybe yeah that sort of changed up we want to have gonna be a bit deeper the, yeah have a lighter finish and a bit sillier yeah so yeah, okay. Well, I would get rid of the Colin story. Get rid of yeah, Colin storyline and then put it in this one. Or you could... Because it does go for a while. You could probably just yeah. cut out some things. When it came out, it was not reviewed well. Really? Particularly. People kind of just thought it was... But it's lasted. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. Um, it's it's length was something that people were like, oh, it goes on for a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a Christmas classic now. Yeah, it is um, 100%. So many people have said to me that they watched this at Christmas. Yes. And it was nominated for Best Comedy at the Golden Globes. Right. So, like, you know, that's where it, its award recognition comes in. It's a, it's a Christmas classic. Was there any anything good on the special features? Um, I talked about the, the gymnast scenes. Yeah, that was it. Um, uh, there was some music videos. Yeah. The, the soundtrack I really like, actually. Yeah. That had, had um, oh, I was just having such 90s flashbacks, like... It had the Dido, one of Dido's yeah. songs. Which I can't listen to now because it was on all those awful WorkSafe ads where the oh, dad didn't come home. Oh, that is traumatic. Mm, yeah. I don't remember those ads, but I love that song. Yes. And I love that whole album. I remember listening to that album so many times. Mm. Um, what happened to her, you know? I don't know. It's a thing of the past. And I, it's like it's good that you said that Kira Knightley's storyline is all about the fashion because in her wedding she's got those... You probably don't remember this as vividly but maybe you do she has those two hair bits of hair that come down over her face and everything else is pulled back it was such a thing that we did at school like you would like pull your hair back and then you get two little strands of hair she would have only been pull them down to frame your face 17 in this because this is before pirates yeah Yeah. so she was getting married young Mm. yeah but that was yeah she's all about the 90s yeah fashion that's it 
Yeah. No, yeah, still a lot of good stuff about it. Um, and it's one that I think, yeah, is going to be a Christmas staple for my family. Yep. Which does hint at what's going to happen to this. You're going to keep it? Yeah. Oh. Look, it's Elizabeth's DVD, but even if she wanted to get rid of it, I, I always want to have it on hand. I know it's on stand. It's on stand. But streamers are unpredictable. They're unreliable. You never know. And so, also, you do have the 10-year anniversary edition, so... That's it. I want to be... This is one that I would actually pull out the DVD of, you know? Yes, and be like, all right, yep. everyone sit down together. Unlike others that I've liked, but I'm just like, I'm never actually going to... You're gonna never going to pull this out again, yeah. yeah. You do worry me now, though, because I want it to be a family... I guess we just have to, as we talk about all the time, yeah. this, it's engage. all about having engage with yes. it. And, yes. Yeah, you so when you've got it. some kids yeah. and they're and watching that Colin storyline. You have to say, look, he, he's not, you don't want to be like him. He's not a nice man. No. We, we can all laugh at how ridiculous his yes. life is. But if you act like this, you're not going to yeah. actually. Be more like, oh, who's the. <laughs> well, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Who is a good male role model from this? The other thing is it does like... Rufus? You have to <laughs> Yeah, maybe Rufus. Yeah. yeah. You have to think about the female characters as a whole in this film. And like there's there's some, some kind of inherent sexism going on here because... But, and I'm not trying to shut down that point because I 100% agree with it. I think the rom-com genre is inherently sexist. Sexist, yes. But, like, you would think over however many stories you have in this, like 10 storylines, there would be one woman who is in, invested in a career of some kind that is not domestic. But there's not. Mm. There's literally not. Like, all of the females here are employed by the male characters, like you see in, like, Aurelia's case with Colin Firth, or, you know, many of them, or they're in some kind of domestic Role. pursuit. Yeah. yeah. So it's really weird. Like, that's just weird, I find. Like, mm. as if you can't have one female character who is in a position of power in a in a job or a career. There's no... Well, again, this female is a principal. Maybe that would have changed that. Yeah. A lot. But Sounds like they really should have that one in. Yeah. 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 Um, I did want to briefly talk about, too, this, like, America tried to... This spawned a heap of similar kind of things, like oh, Valentine's yeah. Day, New Year's yeah. Eve, they Mother's Day, it. and it was too American. I never watched I haven't watched them, any of them, but they, but they, they bombed, sounded, didn't they? Yeah, they bombed, and obviously they can't do Christmas because Love Actually did Christmas, and I think part of its reason for being such a good Christmas film is it didn't go out to be a Christmas film. Yeah. It was just very much a, About love. Yeah. Set at Christmas time. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's it. And I guess that's it for the Ooh, year, that too. that is it for the year. We thank you all for listening. Yes. For everyone who's engaged with us over the socials. For giving us a go. Like, you yeah. know, we, we've made it full season. I know. Um, we had the DVD cut a breakup last, party last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. And both of us commented on the fact that 2018 versions of us had no idea that 2019 would be a year that we started a podcast. No. Just happened out of the and blue. And stuck to it. And stuck to it. Oh, oh my God. We're not the best for sticking to things. No, really. Like, especially when it gets too hard. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, But, yes, thank you for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. And we can't wait to get started again next year with a whole new realm of... Whole new realm? A whole new world. (laughs) A whole new ream of DVDs. Yeah. I've got a box... A top box that I've sorted into ones that I think will be good episodes. Oh, great. To start us off. Also, like, bulky ones that I just need to... Get through. Get <laughs> yeah. through, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we can't wait. Have an amazing break, everybody, and stay safe over the Christmas New Year season. And if you don't celebrate Christmas, have an awesome holiday, and we'll see you next year. Yeah. Bye. Bye.